Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast. Ryan Hassan here from the Center for Healing, joined as always by Nick Sutherland from MindFit. Nico, how are you? Early in the morning. Thanks for doing early in the morning for me up there in, uh, in Agnes. And a, and a Thursday as well. And a Thursday. Yeah. Decked out in the black today, mate. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite slimming. It's just a... Oh, I'm, you just floating, I'm just a floating head. <laughs> a floating <laughs> head. I sort of tuck my arms in. Do you reckon you will be that at one point? Yeah, that's the goal. That's the aim for, for the stars. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's what happens after we die. We're not so much you a floating head, but it's... But it's that kind of perspective, you know. Like I can't. I'm like I'm just viewing through consciousness, but like I can't see my face unless I look in a mirror. So maybe it feels like we're just a floating head when we're just floating consciousness, and we just float around the ether from different dimensions and just get to know things outside of this current reality that we're in. What do you think? What happens after we die, Nick? Well, the same thing before you were born, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, 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 I had a, had a great conversation with a client about this once and yeah, I had this understandable fear of death and we explained about you know, it's the ego and about belief systems that we choose to believe and uh, you know, if there's such a term as an old soul, it would suggest there's young souls. So it would suggest that we have the, the soul or you know, has a life and it's made up of all these different ego lives. So death is just another moment for the soul. It's just another chapter closed. Um, you know, so whatever happens, we're going to be okay, whether in our human experience or in our soul evolution. Shout out to Deb from Soul Evolution. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, but I like to hypothesize about it and think that we just, yeah, we're just, we're, we're energy, so energy can't die. So it just transforms into something else, and, I don't know. and that'll be that'll be different. That'll be interesting, mm. or it's not. It's or it just goes black, and that's it. So like either way, we're okay. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I hope I hope I come back as Charlie Woods as fun in my next life. Oh right, so Tiger's grandson, you're going for? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. You might have to get in the cure. I reckon there's a few, a few <laughs> golfers out there wanting the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, uh, I'm putting it out there. Putting it out there. Yeah. yeah. What's happening up there, mate? What's happening up in Agnes? We're cold and wet down here in Melbourne at the minute. Oh, it's, I can't remember the last time it dropped below 20 degrees up here, even overnight. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's, she's been hot. Uh, I've got a bit of tonsillitis at the moment. I noticed your voice was a little bit uh, sexy, off key. Yeah, sexy. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Mm. I was going to say sick, but sick and sexy—they're just next door to each other. They are, aren't they? I'm, uh, I'm moonlighting as a phone sex worker this week, so um, hot and heavy. Got the yeah, have, you got, have, you got a, have you got like a niche? Uh, yeah, afterlife sex. Uh, so, after afterlife sex, Ener energetic, energetic afterlife sex. Just two balls of energy just wrapping around each other up in the ether after it's that's, all said and done. That's how we, that's what we're running with. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think we've got uh, finance pretty much approved, so we can finish off what we started up here, which is great news. Brilliant. Um, so hopefully we get the ball rolling with that starting at the end of the month when the chippies are ready. Um, and I'm not counting our chickens. Uh, I've got to jump to a couple more hoops to get the finance, but um, all stars are pointing in a great direction. Um, but yeah, so the, the tonsillitis is interesting because I've I've had bouts of it over the years. Um, I probably should have had them taken out as a child. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, mum being a nurse didn't want to spend time at the hospital when she didn't have to. So, <laughs> <Pickle>. uh, 
like chefs who don't cook at home. And, yeah. uh, Dad was a fencing contractor. We had the worst fence in the street. Yeah. And, well, I was an air conditioning mechanic for 11 years and I didn't have air conditioning at my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny. Like it was uh, part, of, part of what creates that. You know, it's a, for me, it's a, um, a, what's the word? We're mind-body connection. It's the body expresses what the mind's doing. Um, come on, you know that. <laughs> the body expresses what the mind's doing, a manifestation, a physical manifestation of something Physi- mental or emotional. Physi- no, physiological symptom. Yeah, Physi- no. Physiological response. No, get out of there. No, an unconscious. Psychosomatic, maybe. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. Hey, uh, are we talking about your tonsillitis again? Yeah. Sorry, I was talking about the idea that a person who's worked, they don't have the same thing going on at home. So, yeah, yeah, psychosomatic um, tonsillitis. Okay, we're on the same page. Okay, it's early. Let's go. It is early. <laughs> and you're all excited and nervous about your golf swing. Coach, so excited and nervous. <laughs> um, it's, it's like how I was when I had uh, when I stepped out for the first time in Vietnam after food poisoning. You know, just walk out and you're so excited and nervous, like, oh, what's going to happen? The next fart? Where does that? Where, 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 where do we go after that? <laughs> We're making a joke, everyone, because before we press record, I was telling Nick I'm very nervous because I just signed up to have a golf coach over in the UK work with me on quite a regular basis. And I woke up this morning, I've got a notification saying he's analysed my first, you know, my swing. And so I'm expecting to open the phone, him being like, look, mate, I don't know if it's best that we work together. <laughs> why would you create that story? <laughs> no, no, I've got, I just, it's funny, that's why. Yeah. Funny, we've got, he's probably got lots of stories. He's probably going to go, mate, you could get on the tour. Yeah, yeah. Or well, something in between those two, maybe. <laughs> A, a year with me, and uh, I'll be like, which yeah. tour? <laughs> <laughs> um, so psychosomatic. So I know that uh, my mind and body are very connected, um, and when I'm physically sick, especially with tonsillitis, it means that something's going on under the surface. So yep. I went, went to the GP, got some penicillin, had a chat about everything that we've had going on, and he's suggestion was uh, his he said his words were um i wouldn't be surprised if you uh uh are in a mildly depressive state was his term and i was like okay i'm gonna flip the lingo around and say i'm in a bit of a funk but um yeah i'm not gonna walk out of here with that label but um yeah it made sense because you know i i I stepped out of it all and zoomed out and looked at it and, you know, it was grandma passing and then we moved up here and um, no family and friends up here, not quite connected to the local community up here yet. Very isolated on the property. Don't leave here for a week or two um, at a time. Just me and the doggo has got a lot to do here. Um, haven't had the resources to do a lot of what I want to achieve. M's business is, is going gangbusters up here, her myotherapy, which is great, but um, I've put a lot of time and energy into supporting her and helping her. So, yeah, it, it's it's one of those weird ones that makes sense, but it's um, – I said to I've been sharing this with clients in the last couple of days because I want to humanise us, you know, and, and – uh, help people understand that we're not immune from you know, these, these very natural and normal human experiences. And in, in fact, it's it's quite a healthy emotional response to to. What's, I, I said to the client, I'd be I'd be a bit worried if I didn't feel in a bit of a funk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? But the good news is, Daisy, can you leave Polly? Um, the good news is that. You know, I've got the awareness to, to know what's going on and to not be reactive to, to being in this state. I, I discarded many, many years ago the concept of good and bad emotions or, or positive or negative feelings or anything like that. I don't have an aversion to feeling this way. Um, and I, I'm not feeling... You now, a lot of people think of 
sadness, the depression, but um, it's for me, I just feel it's a bit of a funk, low motivation, just a bit disconnected. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not, there's no alarm bells going off, or uh, I don't have this, oh, I'm a, you know, like we were talking about before with the chefs who don't cook at home, that I'm, I don't think, oh, I'm a mental health practitioner, I, sh- I shouldn't have, you know, be in this state. Uh, uh, I must be perfect. I must, you know, be immune to, to this. So it's an interesting one. It's just, and, and and weirdly, so on one level, I'm sort of feeling a bit disconnected and and in uh, in a bit of a funk. And the weather too. The, I think the weather's a massive contributing factor. Like it's mm-hmm. been so humid up here, and there's so as I said, there's so much you want to do, and you start doing things, and you sweat usually like within. Um, yeah, it's and, relentless. Ah, um, oh, it's suffocating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, on one hand, I'm experiencing that funk, but on the other hand, I'm experiencing this profound sense of love and appreciation for myself and the work that I've done, and you know, the the gentle awareness that I have of my current situation, and and being the observer and. And, yeah. and having access to all of what I teach clients is, you know, we just went through the, the fire fundamentals of fire, excuse me, yesterday and priorities. So I've, I've dropped down the priority list uh, because, you know, I had I wanted to prioritize M and it was a, it was a conscious decision. Um, basic human needs, feeling disempowered, not feeling a sense of belonging, not feeling financially free to do everything, not having much fun, doing that work. By myself and survival, well, that was that was okay. But, but so those needs are compromised. So it's a it's a beautiful example of how our sort of program works, our methodology works. So now all I need to do is just rest up and sort of take care of myself at this point in time. But then start going through these things and prioritizing myself again. Going to town and going to gym and start exercising with people in town and having conversations with real humans. And I've gone from working in the office you know, every day back in Melbourne to only working online a couple of days a week with clients while the other days I'm, I'm working on the business. So, you know, that my, my human contact is reduced drastically. Um, and it's also gone from 3D to to two-dimensional as well. You and I just can't go for a, hit a golf or a beer and have a hug and a laugh and everything. So that that human sort of touch is is gone as well. Yeah, so, yeah, no, no, no man. It's so it's it's so good sharing that because it's so good to hear. I think for people because. You know, you, it is a shock to the system. It's a massive change in your life. It kind of reminds me of um, when we went to, to Koh Samui in 2020. And I, it's very, it sounds very similar, to be honest, even the, the climate and everything. Because um, I remember that relentless heat, but I also remember being away from friends and family and, um, like I said, not being able to have that close contact and not being connected to the community. And I was definitely in that state as well. And what you're talking about is, I suppose, based on doing this work and having this awareness, it's we, we don't massively compound the problem and there's kind of two steps to that which you which you covered and the first one is you know having an aversion to these and you said you've abandoned the labels of positive and negative um, emotions or states um, which is great but for a lot of people they still have those labels and it's like well you know negative emotion bad positive emotion good and so when I'm in this so-called negative emotion then I feel like I shouldn't be and so that's the first compounding of the problem. And, and that, now that's, on, a, that's, a, that's a distorted view, you know, you're using the word yeah. should. It's like, I'm not willing to accept this reality as it is. Yeah, and most people, I have to learn this and pretty much everyone I've worked with has, has to learn this, um, is that we have to start to view that a different way and work on that distortion because that distortion was there for a reason. That's normally because we live in a culture <clears throat> where positive emotions are celebrated and so-called negative ones aren't. And so when we're young, you know, I know for me, it's like when you're, you know, being a good boy and you're happy and smiling, it's like, ah, everyone's kind of clapping for you. And then you're doing as soon as well, you're, you're doing it right. Yeah. Exactly. As soon as you're scared, it's like, there's nothing to be scared of. Don't be silly. As soon as you're angry, it's like sort your mood out, go and go to your room Stop and come back when it's sorted. Yeah, yeah. So we're trained. We're like a little puppy dog. We've been trained 
that when we're in those emotional states, I'm not, I'm not going to be accepted. Yeah. So that means when we're an adult, we don't accept ourselves, right? And that's, so now I, I, I don't accept myself in that state. And then the next compounding on top of that, which you touched on, is that we then start to create narratives or stories around it where it's like, well, I shouldn't yeah, be in this state. It, but we deepen it as well. We get, we get, so we get depressed that we're depressed or we get angry that we're angry and, and we just bog ourselves right down. And then we use that, should oh, I shouldn't be in this state. It's like, you know, I'm a mental health practitioner or they're like, oh, I'm a – you know, I'm a father and I've got to have my shit together. And all of a sudden, then we, I'm such a piece of shit. I can't believe I'm like this. You know, I was like this years ago when I thought I was over. And all of a sudden, stories start compounding the problem. And so now yeah. this, this, you know, we, we've talked so much in this podcast, nearly 100 episodes about just, you know, dealing with the reality of what is without going off in distortions and that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, well, you explained it so well. You're like, it's like human, like this man has had massive light changes and upheaval in his life and a lot of different obstacles in the last however many months. And now because of that is in this sort of, you know, deflated or funk or whatever state you want to call it. And so that's the situation and that's what's to be dealt with. But you haven't compounded the issue by creating labels and having an aversion to that. And I think that's amazing. Because a lot of well, people would go to that, would go to that doctor, which I actually commend the doctor for saying, you know, it could there could be, you know, yeah. mental or emotional yeah. reasons for it, but it can also dip the other way where you said like, oh, you, it sounds like you're in a depressive state and it's not that much of a stretch for then a doctor to go, yeah, I think we'll do the depression test and we'll we'll kind of go yeah, down that yeah. path. Well, we, had, we, we, we spoke about that on a previous po- podcast when I, when I went to that doctor in Melbourne. That's right. So, um, but but and, and I'm sharing it with clients and on the podcast because oh, I want to – uh, you know, change people's perception of it, help people into a, a different understanding of it. And depression and anxiety uh, have such a bad rap, but they are so important. And they're just they're signals that, that something's a bit out of whack. Excuse me. And if we, if, if, yeah, if we ignore the feedback, if we ignore these signals or medicate them to make them go away or to suppress them, um, then you know we're not honouring that experience and what we're doing, and um, yeah, we're just we're just gonna if you ignore the red flags, you you're gonna get caught up in the rip and drown. So, and anxiety um, is like such a bit. Both I speak about anxiety so much with clients because it seems you know whether someone's coming in with other symptoms or relationship problems or you know drinking too much or whatever it is, anxiety is kind of a common thread that pretty much everyone has in conjunction with that and it's like well what is anxiety well it's a state that i've got myself in which can then become an identity because it says i'm an anxious person but you know it's essentially that feedback like you spoke about that's not working Um, it's a a safety mechanism it's the it's we talk to clients about you know the we're the captain of our ships and all these parts of us are the the crew and and when and anxiety is not a very good first mate. Um, you know, if you if you take some time off as the captain and stop being behind the wheel, and anxiety gets behind the wheel, and um, you know she's she's off to the races and all of these crazy, fantastical illusions are created. And I had it on a, a Joe a snippet of a Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know if you've come across it, but he was mm-hmm. talking to someone who had an interesting take on anxiety, and he said it was. Can't remember it verbatim, but it was along the lines of um, it's just uh, protecting us from what could potentially happen in the future. So that's why we we sort of you know, go into the future and try and go right. Well, if that happens, then I'll do this. Or if this happens, that's going to happen. Oh, that's going to happen. Then I'll, then this is going to happen. And we start deciding and becoming very definite about what's going to happen in this reality that doesn't actually exist yet. So- That's right. Yeah, we spend we, we spend a lot of time there because then we, you know, start to worry about the outcomes of the thing that we're worrying about. And so, and then that becomes a habit of just constantly yeah. thinking about, you know, the future and what could go wrong and how we can avoid that and what we could do differently. And, you know, so like without, you said, it's without, just- all my, without all my training the current state that i mean and, and it's important for people to, to understand that you know that everything's on a spectrum as well so 
I'm in a bit of a, you know, if depression is a spectrum, there's severely hospitalized suicidal depression. Then up the other end, there's this feeling of a bit of a funk. So I, I, I'm in a bit of a funk at the moment. I've been to the other end of the spectrum because um, I didn't have any training or tools or resources or whatever. So if, if I had have experienced what I've experienced over the last few months without having done this work, I would be much further down that spectrum and um, it would, I'd be compounding it and I'd, I'd be ironically and unconsciously sending myself further down that spectrum um, just purely because of not knowing what to do. So when I find myself in this situation, I'm not reactive to it. I'm, um, it's just, you know, having the awareness that I'm in this funk is just a source of stimulus and I just step into that space and observe and get to take the hard path, you know, to, you know, I've got this just amazing amount of empathy and compassion for myself at the moment, married with an understanding of, of what's going on. You know, it's like being caught in a rip and going, ah, oh, I know what the rip is, where in the past you may have got caught in a rip and panicked and, oh, Stop flapping and, around. Yeah, did everything to not help yourself. Now I'm like, ah, this is this is the beginning of one of those. Well, it's not even, it's, I'm, there could have been a hypersensitivity with this as well, based on where I've been in the past. You know, they, they could have elicited, elicited um, uh, a lot of anxiety because it could have triggered, oh, I've been in this very deep, dark, depressive state before, and oh no, you know, I'm starting to feel. Like I'm on that spectrum of depression and I'm starting a bit of a funk and oh God, you know, the, the, the mind could have run off to the races again. And yeah, that's where the depression and the anxiety uh, are wonderful bedfellows. They love hanging out together. But um, yeah, it just is. It's just, it's just reality is man is has been through a fair bit and is feeling a bit out of sorts, but he also has the resources to write himself and get himself back on track. And um, so within that, there's actually no problem. There's no, mm. there's, there's, there's no, it's, yeah, there's nothing, nothing's wrong. No, you're able to sort of just objectively say, oh, I'm here on the spectrum. I'm going to engage in, yeah, local, you know, whatever is working out or whatever. I start to engage with some other people. Then it's like, and then I'll, I'll see how the, the human's doing, you know, in a couple of weeks, you know, and I, the same thing when I was on Samui. So very classic picture. It's like, you know, on a tropical island, staring at the ocean, sitting in a mansion, just <laughs> depressed as hell. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, same thing. You know, I, I chatted to Melissa about it at the time and, you know, she was saying, all right, well, let's, uh, what do you need to do? And I'm like, I think I just need to get around, you know, more people and different people. And so I started Muay Thai and, you know, met the trainer and a few other people there. There was a local sports bar that I started going to, um, you know, once a week and then you'd meet other people and all that kind of jazz. And yeah, it's like you just, uh, you, you say, you sort of, it sounds a bit mechanical, I suppose, but it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm now I'm seeing the problem for what it is what steps do I actually need to take? And then it's like an experiment, like, you know, how am I going in, in two weeks after engaging in that? Um, but we're not, what we're talking about, the biggest takeaway here is compounding the problem because that's, yeah, I, I hope people, and I'm pretty sure people who are listening will, they'll really resonate with what we've said about not wanting to be in a negative emotional state and then creating heaps of stories around um, being in that state. And then what happens if you go keep going down the line, you start to identify with kind of depression or anxiety, which means then you're even more uh, overly hypervigilant. Yeah, because you're <laughs> like, you wake up in the morning, like, I'm an anxious person, then you'll find things to be anxious about. And we live in a, cha a chaotic world. Like, how easy is it to find things to be anxious about? Like, turn on the fucking news or go on social media. It's so easy. And so yeah. not only not only there's the reality of those things, there's also the made-up um, future events in our mind, which we spoke about before, which can create anxiety. And the same with depression. It's like, how many things can we find to be depressed about? And there's an you know, unlimited amount of things to do. And and our focus will be placed there if we start to go far enough down that river and down that spectrum. Well, you know, when we talk about distortions, we're, we're talking about filters or lenses. Um, between our conscious awareness and the information that we're coming into contact with, all the, the phenomena, and I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about um, 
he's never taken hallucinogenics or anything like that um, because he said our, our brains don't work very well. Um, yeah, he said, I, I heard that. He said they, they barely work, so I don't want yeah. to mess with any of that. No, and he, and he said, you know, they're not very good at decoding what's in front of us. And so if you go and fuck with it all, um, it's just, yeah, he said he, he and he spoke of it, just wanting to be in the reality of what is. That's, you know, so many people are trying to escape the reality of what is because it's not it's not on their list of preferences to experience that. And, right. and you're like, well, tough shit. You know, we, if you look at, uh, if you go for a drive and look at the landscape and you see some, you know, mountain range in the distance or whatever, you can see, you can see the the peaks of the mountains and then you can see the troughs and so there's like an ebb and a flow and um yeah there, there is a, a the, the term for it is a, there's a depression on the on the horizon there's a there's a low point and and that's all it is it's a depression isn't sadness or suicidal or it's just a, it's a low point and none of us are immune to low points none of us none of us are on these you know, linear, ninety degree, you know, rocket ship going towards happiness. It's just you know, we've got to stop being so irrational and and stop uh, having this desire to have this perfect, pleasant human experience and and to just allow ourselves. You know, I think the, the biggest thing for me in this is, is that gentle awareness again. It's just that okay, just when you start. Yeah, because the reality is, in my fit in Buddhism, which then is the suffering. Yeah, so this is in suffering. And um, and so, if it, when a person is in suffering, if you find yourself in suffering, if if you found one of your kids in suffering, the last thing you're going to do is compound their suffering by telling them. Oh yeah, such a self to being that way, or can't help with you, stop being that way, or even dismiss or whatever. Hopefully, you have some empathy and compassion for them. But it's really important for us to employ that same thing to ourselves and have that gentle awareness of yourself and go, all right, I'm just gonna, I've got to be kind to myself. I've got to walk myself home. That's so hard for a lot of people, though, because because I, I think the Maybe Why? in some it's rare in some rare either. cases, well, because it's a completely different way of relating to themselves. You know, it's like <laughs> so. I, I I was not kind to myself internally for most of my life, and it was so foreign to me initially to be actually kind to myself. Because like I've said the same, I've said the same things in the same way to myself for thirty years, so it becomes very ingrained. So it's like when you say to someone like you can communicate with yourself or treat yourself in a different way, it makes sense. But it, mm. the actual application can actually take a little while because it is hard. Because maybe in a rare cases, they would have been told that when they were younger. But like I said earlier, it's oftentimes more subtle things, you know, like, oh, there's nothing to be scared about. Don't worry. Or, you know, oh, yeah, you're upset again. God's sake, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so You'll be that, right, that, that external dialogue becomes internal dialogue. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I love what you're saying. It's like that the unrealistic fantasy of having a one-sided life. And I love the analogy. It's like people, we have this ma like a magnet which has a positive pole and a negative pole. And then everyone's like, well, I don't like the positive pole. I don't really like the negative pole. So they're trying, they go, I'm going to cut the magnet in half because I just want the positive half. But you cut the magnet and what do you get? You get a positive and a negative pole if you cut it in half. So <laughs> no, no, I want the positive. They cut it again. They keep cutting this magnet. But no matter how many times they cut it, you're always going to get a positive and negative pole because we live in a, in a dualistic world that, that is Earth. So that, that that pole is 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 a um uh what was the word is spectrum. So when you keep cutting the magnet, it just shortens, shortens. So the spectrum gets smaller and smaller. So we call them the parameters of acceptance. The parameters of acceptance get so small and so tight that we're only going to allow things that we believe are wonderful and good and, and pleasant in our lives. And this tiny little spectrum. And so when we find ourselves in a bit of a funk, which is obviously outside of those primaries of acceptance, that's where we get triggered. That's where we get very activated and, and start. You know, yeah. so, so the, the operating system on the fifth fundamental in mind is beliefs create thoughts, thoughts create feelings, feelings create behavior. 
And if we're operating off irrational beliefs, it's going to create those distorted thoughts. It's going to create feelings of suffering and it's going to create harmful behavior. And harmful behavior isn't going to punch someone. Harmful behavior is, God, I'm such a loser for being here. Or it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a day off to rest. Uh, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm not going to listen to what my body does. Yeah. Needs or- I'm going to drink soft drink and eat pizza every day because that's what I want. Um, <laughs> All of that and those, yeah, those parameters that you're talking about. I mean, oh man, I've been there. It's like life becomes just all about trying to control and manipulate every circumstance so that it fits those parameters. And it's like there's always, there's always like this just tension in the gut, and it's just always there. It's like a grip, and it's like you know, you'd be going out for a, to a meeting or to a coffee or something, and in your mind you're playing out, well, it's got to go exactly this way, and I'll say that, and I'll say this, and fucking hell, it's just so unbelievably it's exhausting draining. it's so just draining. it's so draining it's it's incredible but, but then but because but well. then you go to bed at night and you're fucking exhausted but then you need to control the next day so you start playing that out and it's like this thing that just never ends when you're in that state or you wake up really early and the mind is instantly off to the races as well and it's like trying to right how can i manipulate and control everyone today and, and that's that's anxiety that's anxiety yeah. by its very nature is a controlling nature so I've noticed as well, you know, and this is this is the beauty of <laughs> a client said to me yesterday, he goes, oh, I'm sorry you're having that experience. And I was like, I had this really interesting response to that because I was like, I, I appreciate the, the, where, where that comes from, but that's sympathy. Um, and, and we've just explained that this is actually a really healthy emotional response. So... Wouldn't it be funny to live in a world where someone went, oh, I'm really happy you're in that state. Now, good good, good on you for being in a funk at the moment. Good on you for having a really healthy emotional experience due to the circumstances that you've been in recently. It'd be, yeah. it'd, it'd, it'd be such a flip on its head. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've been noticing as well, you know, I've been going to my phone a bit more, trying to... Um, find connections through watching stuff or social media or whatever. Um, and it was interesting with M, we had a, um, I don't know how it's sounded, but a, a couple of days of contraction, the egos were wrestling. And, um, and I kept catching myself trying to, well, I didn't catch it in the moment, but I, I caught myself afterwards. I was trying to, um, because M, you know, she, she she's amazing what she does, and and has such different strengths to me, um, which which is great for our relationship. But she can get stuck in black and white thinking, and she can, you know, um, she's a Leo, so she can get a little bit heated up and a little bit activated, and and, and when that happens. I see her as being in suffering, so that I'm like, all right, I'll put my put my Ambo hat on and and right, I'm, I'm here to help, and I'm here to, here to fix this, and I'm here to here to tell you how, what you can say and do differently in, mm-hmm. in this moment. Out of the way, everyone. <laughs> Nick's like, here. I got this. I'll sort this out. <laughs> Clear the area. Clear the area. And um, and the last fucking thing she wants is for me to say, "Hey, you, you're being black and white about this. Hey, can you not try and label me?" Anyway? And the one that does my head in is she keeps saying, "You're sensitive," and she says, "I know, I know you don't like being how you told you're sensitive." I'm like, "Hey, why do you keep saying it?" But then B, it's not the fact that you're saying I'm sensitive. I actually like being sensitive. To me, it's a, it's a label and it's a, it's being put in a pigeonhole and it's too absolute. Nick is sensitive. You can hear the, the concreteness of it. I said it's, it's so ironic because uh, and that's one of those black and white terms for me. Instead of you, you, you you're sensitive in certain situations like that. That's a lot softer and a lot, it's not as definite, but M is quite sensitive too. So when she stands there and says, you're sensitive, I'm like, I can pop call on the kettle black, isn't it? What's going on? You know? And then I, and then I get defensive and try and change her narrative and we're in this tug of war match. And it just, it's, it's not good for anyone. 
you know, and this, especially we're trying to construct that happy, harmonious relationship, but even we still fall in the trap of using that destructive way of going about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a relationship. That's where the growth happens. Yeah, me and Mel had it. What did, what did we have this week? We had something this week. Um, she yeah, woke up, woke, didn't have a good night's sleep, and we started out. The egos just started battling each other. It was actually before I went to golf on Sunday. And um, it was so lucky. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It was like, anyway, I, I cracked the shits, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to golf. And so I left. And we left, and it was the real, was real tension going on. Like, it was real tension. And then I got, went to got in the car, like slammed the door, you know, went to go. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I left my golf towel inside. And like, I'm like, should I go and get it? I'm like, oh, I'll go fucking get it. And then so I went back in to get the golf club. We just sort of looked. There's like a little glance. So I grabbed it to run back out. And, and she's like, I don't want to leave it like this. I'm like, me neither. And then we, <laughs> we went over and just dropped that, dropped all the egos and, and you know, had a cuddle and said what was really going on. She had a bit of a cry. It was really beautiful. Then later that day, it was funny. I got home from golf after 41 points, mind you. I was in a fucking great mood. Anyway, I got, I got home and then I'm like, and we were just so good that I'm like, wasn't it great that I had to come back in and get that towel? And she goes, yeah, yeah. And there's this, but it's like what you said, it's two, two egos wrestling each other in the moment. And that yes. happens with, we, we have it in all relations with other human beings, but it's so much magnified in our very, well, very it's, personal it's still, relationships. It's still trying to, you know, there's a bit talking about Michael Singh, it's still trying to manipulate the world around you. And, and Em reflected that to me. She said, I fear you're trying to manipulate me. And I was like, that's a really, destructive word you know it's, it's, it's got a not a great connotation about it but she was just being literal with it it's like you're trying mm. to tell me what to say and how to say it i'm like yeah because what you're saying is not helping it <laughs> and she's like but that's the way i talk and i'm like all right and you know i've done such a good job and so we are different in the way that we communicate and we come from you know different different places with it and I use this example. I've spoken about it before where she woke up grumpy one morning and I didn't get a kiss goodbye. And I was walking down the stairs and I heard this, I can't believe she's grumpy at me. Uh, and, you know, I heard the ego trying to get activated and uh, I did the mental work and had a laugh at myself and gave her permission to be grumpy and human and got to work and sent her a text and we had a great night, similar to what you and Mel did. Uh, and clients love that little example of how we do a mental rep and how we pull ourselves out of destructive into constructive and how we you know, shift the ego out of the equation there. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm very good at doing that, but I still fall into the trap. My, my, my ego will still kidnap me. Is uh, you know, good friend Tom in the UK said that day, he's like, it's, uh, you know, and, and it, I fell into the trap, but I can pull myself out of the trap and admit that I was in the trap and come back and go, all right, well, let's, and not beat myself up for being in the trap. And then, I love, I love uh, what you said. Sorry. I love what you said about, you didn't say that the ego was getting activated. You said the ego was trying to get activated. Cause that's what it does, doesn't it? It's like, it's on the sidelines. Like, come on, let me on, coach. Let me on. Let me I've find spoken about something. It it's like, it's someone fires a bullet. So if M says, Something, you know, if M's in suffering and then she projects that suffering onto me, right? And, and just verbally, and she goes, Oh, you're such a blah, blah, blah. I've got two two choices there. Uh, and you only have the choice when you're in a position or where you've got that awareness, first and foremost. So if, you, if you're mindless and there's no mindfulness or awareness around this, you, the ego is going to hear that gunfire, you know, gonna, someone's, someone's said something mean to me and it's going to jump up and it's going to get shot and say, oh, I'm wounded, I'm so wounded. Oh, what was me? I'll have this pity party. But you've also, you can cultivate and develop this, this ability to when someone says something, and it's so weird, you, you stay in your heart space and the ego stays on the sideline and that bullet just goes straight through you and it's got nothing to do with you. It's, it's got, you can't get hurt because all you're doing is loving this person and going, you are in suffering. And, and what you need right now is compassion and empathy and understanding. And for me to not make it about me and what I think. And as I said, yeah, you know, 
I'm quite well versed at doing that, but I still have, you know, so we can talk about the 80 20 rule. I'm probably more 90 10 because I do this day in and day out, but that 10% still, still going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But then also we, we know afterwards what happened, like that 10%. You know, a lot of people will still, you know, have this huge ego response and then even days and weeks later still feel justified in their position. Whereas, like, I, I, and we spoke, spoke about this before, but it's like, you know, laughter is the great circuit breaker. And if I can't laugh in the moment, I'll definitely laugh at myself and my reactions later on because I think it's hilarious. It's like, oh, my God, I'm like, babe, how rational was I earlier? That was hilarious. Yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'll have a yeah, laugh, yeah. you know. And then, that, and then that, that kind of, that then dissolves that event, so to speak. Right? Yeah. So then that kind of dissolves. And then we'll, we'll have these moments in the future where the egos wrestle but if I don't dissolve that, then I, and most people do, and I've done this before, very guilty, The um, we accumulate. So it doesn't dissolve. So we accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And then all of a sudden, we do have this moment where we start to argue with our partner, whoever it was, and we've got these, you know, 20 things in our back pocket that hasn't dissolved that we're like, well, what about when we were at James's party three months ago and you said you are going to come and you did, but you sat in the corner and say shit. It's like you know, all this stuff comes up, right? And we have all this stuff, you know, the ammunition that we accumulate over time. Let, it's let like, me go to my storage container. and uh, Yeah, be, yeah let me go to my storage container up, where yeah. I was trying to find evidence of where you fucked up, the person who I supposedly love unconditionally and want to build a life with. Uh, and that means I am better than you. I win and you lose. Yeah, because uh, uh, they bring one out. It's like you're playing cards. You're like, wow, ace of spades. Remember this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the goody. You're the baddie. And you can hear the, the, yeah. the, the separation there. You can hear the oh, contraction. Oh, such separation. Can, it's, it's like you're an adversary now. But it's, it's such an important thing. You know, I love that you spoke about it. Is that reconciliation? Because if there's no, not a complete reconciliation, you're going to carry resentment. That's what that's what's going to start. Um, it's like you know, rust on a bike that's on a, on a bit of metal that's out near the sea. It's it's just going to build up over time and time and time, and you can't really notice it until until one day you you just there's this iciness between you and this coldness yeah. between you and. Uh, yeah, it's just you, you're not looking at them um, as you used to because there's this residue built up. You know, the the, the foggy fogs on the lens. So, yeah, and so when you look at them in that state, it's like you look at the the source of that resentment. You look at the source of your suffering as this other person. And so that, no, that you they made then, me feel this way. Of course. So then, of course, you know, that they're going to become a problem in your perception because they're in your perception, you know, causing all this suffering within you. And so it's like, oh, if only they hadn't done A, B, and C and stopped doing X, Y, and Z, then, then I'd be okay. Then I'd be <coughs> fine. But the funny thing well, is, she- that if you don't deal with the resentment, they'll stop doing those behaviors and you'll still find something to be pissed off about. Yeah. And if you if you take something personally and then you get wounded, this is this is a lot of what our workspace around. They didn't make you feel however you felt. They just provided a source of stimulus which you interpreted in a way that you, then you created this feeling within yourself. So this is where that self agency that we talk about comes in. It's so important for us to to take care of ourselves first and foremost and be on point with because if you if you're in suffering if the ego gets wounded and it's like oh it's not fair i can't believe you did this to me you made me feel this way you're in suffering you're going to project that suffering as you were just talking about on the the person you deem to be responsible for your suffering and oh it was you you said this so here have some back have it you know i'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you back. It's like an eye for an eye, and the world goes blind, sort of thing. And both people feel justified in saying, "Here, take that, take that pain back," because I don't want it. Yeah. It's yours. But uh, I, I wish I could pull it up quickly, but I don't think I can. Uh, there was a, a quote from the Buddha about um, someone offers something to you, and you can only take it if you agree to it so someone offers you 
um, they're suffering in the form of uh, you're an idiot. In that moment, you can you don't have to agree to taking that on. It's it's like, oh no, that's yours. That that's yours. Mm. I'm I'm not I'm not going to take that. I'm not. It's not I'm not going to take it. It's just that um, I'm not going to receive that and and carry on the rest of the day holding holding on to that thing. Yeah, it's like okay, and then you just move on. Okay, mis- mis- miscommunication and misunderstanding are, are the two biggest. For me, the two biggest um, causes of conflict, and I know that personally. When when I don't think M understands me, or when she says, "You know, you are sensitive," my interpretation of that is, "You do not understand me," because we have spoken at length about this, and you're still bringing it up. But it's it's her go to, it's her her default mm-hmm. when we're when we're our egos are wrestling. And it's just a, it's just a, there it is. So she's not in that position to say anything else because it's just her. And and I have my go-tos as well. We all have our go-tos when, when we're in conflict. It's like, all right, where's my sword? Where's my suit of armor? Let's let's get it on. But my chosen we weapon. Wanna, we all just want to be understood. We all just, especially by the people we love and uh, the people we're sharing our lives with, and. and I guess for me, that's where there's a sensitivity in, in and I've tried explaining it. All, all I'm really after is to sit in a space and for that space to be held where we can share and open things and um, you and I have that, Dan and I have that, but it's a really rare thing. It's such a rare thing for a conversation to be had without any ego involved, uh, especially in a romantic relationship you know it's, i don't know any couples really um that, that have that space where they can just sit there and oh this is how i feel oh really you know and my desire for that is completely irrational because it's so not common no no it's not because we're just i mean we're most uh open in intimate relationship it's like where we they someone sees the more of us than anyone else sees and so we're kind of uh, our ego is the most vulnerable in that essence because it's like we know that oh god they, they they know about the real me you know to an extent so they so they we have the ability to hurt our partners the most because we know their their wounds and their buttons and all that kind of thing and that's sounds pretty sad when you say it that way it's like we know you know how to push their buttons but what we do and so in that essence where the ego is a little bit probably most offensive in those situations because it's the most opportunity for it to get hurt um i'm quite odd though in a way that i i like to share my vulnerabilities i i you know it, it's it's effortless for me to be vulnerable i suppose um but for him it's quite difficult for her quite challenging for her so when you got one person who just wants to talk about all these intimate things and this other person who's just oh, it's not really my jam you know, it, it's it's oil and water coming into contact when, when me and Belle got together she it took her like a good like couple of years to get used to it because she'd been in past relationships where the guy was very closed off and most of them were lying and assholes or whatever but she got with me and she goes you literally tell me like everything everything basically <laughs> that you do or think you tell me I'm like yeah is that yeah. not like, it was just, no, <laughs> so, it's like, but now she knows, like, I'll come home from being out, like, you know, for not that long, a couple of hours, and she knows, like, all right, <laughs> hit me with it. And so I just give yeah. this detailed fucking rundown of everything that happened, every interaction <laughs> that went on. So it's like this, you know, getting used to that, getting used to the, because we come into a relationship with all these idiosyncrasies and, and things going on. And, you know, one thing that I found is I would tell her lots, but I would also have all these conversations in my head and sometimes I wouldn't remember what was done in the head or spoken to her. So then I'd be like, yeah, all right, so I'm off. She's, where are you going? I'm like, no, no, I told you I was doing this thing today and this thing tomorrow. She's like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, oh, so now I, I have to sort of- people will resonate with that. I have to adjust and be like, okay, uh, did I actually tell her? And so I'll end up telling her <laughs> shit like four times. And she's like, no, nah, I got it. So, <laughs> you know, we-, we, we I mean, it's, it's a communication and compromise thing, right? Like there's two individuals coming together to also be individuals but share most of a big chunk of their life together. And, like, we have um, to understand that we can't uh, – and that's very the old school, you know, mentality of 
you know, the, the, the man, you know, he has to do what he wants and works and comes home and everything's taken care be of. And that's all. Be, don't, don't share his emotions and everything. Yeah. Now, I mean, a lot of us have these, you know, dual roles in relationship, but we're still two humans coming together, you know, still living our own life, but in some compromise coming together, you know, and um, handing over the remote every now and then. Yeah, it's funny when when we're in that space and we'll go, I, I feel like the man in the relationship, you know, I'd, you're talking about wanting to have these deep, intimate conversations and I just want to like, never, just like, it feels feel so weird. I feel like the man. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, why do we then need to decide that it's a, a male or a female attribute? Um, it, it can just be... Yeah, you know, that's that's getting out of that binary black and white lens of things of male or female or whatever. And so we're both humans having sharing this experience. And and if you can get out of the ego, get out of that binary perspective of things, and and just realize you're coming into contact with another human soul and you're going to share this experience, it's very different. But I love the the. the expression a great relationship is about two things first appreciating the similarities and second respecting the differences and just allowing the other person yeah i said to em once i got dropped off by my ego again after being kidnapped i said um yeah i'm very aware that i, I keep trying to you know you're not asking for you to to to, to um have someone help you develop your emotional intelligence, especially when we're in disagreements. And then I, I get that. And I'm just going to do a better job of, of appreciating your nature for what it is. But I'd like to ask in return that you also appreciate my nature the way it is. So we can both sit there in our different natures uh, and our different communication styles and, and our, you know, because the ego by its very nature just does not do well with things that are different. So mm. that's where we both need to get better and, and develop this ability because our relationship's wonderful, but it's just this this one thing keeps popping up, which is this communication or miscommunication. So I said, I think that's the focal point for me. Um, and you can't work on things unless you talk about them. And if the communication yeah. is the issue, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a very very challenging thing to reconcile. It should just go away if we don't communicate. Yeah, let's just let's just suppress it. Uh, let's just and, sit on it for a couple of years and yeah, we'll see if it goes yeah, away. Yeah. Time heals all wounds. Time, yeah. time fixes <laughs> everything. Yeah. 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 Who would have thought uh, we're yes. doing a relationship podcast? Who would have thought? Well, it's a, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I think it's, it's turned into a caring podcast i think it's, it's caring about yourself but then caring about our our partners and our friends and you know it's it's it's, it's this gentle awareness and that's really what i've taken out of this week you know, i've got that gentle awareness of myself but i've got to employ that wonderful attribute that i have to m when she's in her ego state and when she's all in contraction and everything i'm just gonna you know, really be more diligent about just letting her be in whatever state she's in. I'm not trying to fix her or get her out of it or change it or make it different or whatever. So, yeah, that's that's what the podcast is for me. It's just about that living in the reality of what it is, acceptance, understanding, compassion, being kind. Being kind, yeah. And I... Uh... That's great. You're in your in that state. I appreciate and accept you in that state as well. You made me think actually when you're talking about your state. I, I caught up with a lady. Must have been long after I got clean. And I started the center, and I was meeting a few people in the area. And I don't know how I even got teed up, but I met her at a she had a little clinic there where she was doing different, you know, stuff and some spiritual stuff. And she was a very woke kind of being. As soon as I walked in, I was like, "Whoa!" I was kind of taken by her, and and. She goes, oh, so-and-so told me about you. Sort of, what's your story? And I told her, I'm like, oh, you know, ice addiction, GHB and overdosing and, you know, jail and all that. And she looked at me and she was so clean. She's like, wow, you must have learned so much there. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. It was that, it was that because it was, I'd normally tell people, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry you went through that. Or, um, oh, that must have been terrible. Um, all this kind of stuff. She was pumped. She was so excited that I'd, 
had that life experience. <laughs> it was great. It's it's so yeah, and that's what I really aim for. That's that's sort of um and, and I do. I, I sort of really knock it out of the park and I'm really enjoy having that ability when someone shares something like that. I'm just, you know, I, I lead first with wonder, not with intellect. But but it's you know, I speak to clients about I mean maybe this could be what the podcast is about, the 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 inhibitors of of employing our emotional intelligence, our self-awareness and our self-management, social awareness and relationship management. And one of the biggest inhibitors to, to employing our EQ is love. So, you know, it's when I, I love M so much and when I see her and when I perceive to be suffering, that's where I occasionally get activated and go, oh, I'm here to rescue you and then fix you and change you and make you different. But it's just, it's, it's not about that. It's, um, it's just going, wow, you're in that space. How wonderful. Oh, great. Okay. And then, because I'm okay, I've done the first two steps of EQ, self-aware, self-managed. Now I'm in this position where I can observe her and give to the relationship what it needs, which is for me to not interfere. Yeah, yeah. Set a boundary or for me to reassure her or what, what she, what, what's not required in the situation is for me to go, there you go, you're up. You're on point. Let's go. Yeah. Get involved. It's like it's a, a defense mechanism. It's like, am I am I going to deal with the reality in front of me with a person I love, or I'm going to have a defense mechanism up, who's yeah. definitely going to make the situation worse? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, a day later, how are you disconnected for? Um, and part of my sensitivity is is that um, I'm energetically sensitive. Uh, and I'm sensitive to, to people's emotional states. So when M shifts out of a, you know, uh, when she goes into suffering, that's that's what I can feel that shift and I can feel that change. So um, it takes me a while. If she says something just off the cuff, well, and for her it's, it's got no meaning, but, but my interpretation of it, it is, it is quite blunt or it is quite, you know, sharp. Um, I said to her, "It's like you. It's like we've got all those power cords connected. It's like you unplug one of those power cords, um, and and it actually takes a little bit more time for me to reconnect. And that's that's just my nature. That's part of the sensitivity. Yeah, but then that's. I mean, then that's what we're speaking about. That's communication. It's like understanding the other person's like that. So we have a similar thing. I'm quite you know sensitive, but." If we can communicate that, then kind of Melissa knows, and it's something that might but, feel sensitive I to feel her. M, I feel M uses it against me, but when she keeps saying, "You know, and you're so sensitive, you're sensitive," I'm like, "All right, well, you can keep repeating it, or you can employ some understanding around and go, oh, Nick has a, a sensitive nature to some degree. This is where I get out of black and white. Nick is sensitive, and it's like." Yeah. Nick, Nick is sensitive in some areas or some elements. And so I'm going to be a bit more mindful around that. I'm going to really sort of, you know, create an understanding and listen to him when he says, oh, when you say something that is sharp or blunt or, you know, like that, 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 does, that does land on me. That does affect me. I don't really have an ability to... It's not my ego getting involved and in, in being bruised. That's more an energetic thing. Um, and so what what I'm working on with them is for her to create some understanding around that and to be more mindful of of not using those blunt terms or those very sharp sort of sentences that she, yeah, to her there's no meaning or anything, but to me I experience it very differently. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, folks, we hope you've taken away something from that that you can employ, self-awareness, self-management, communication, um, hearing another person, getting the personal self. Be kind, yeah. Be kind to yourself first and then bleeding that kindness out to other people. And accepting the reality of what is. If you're you're in a funk, then that's okay. That's right. Funk part of life. Next episode, you'll be like, how are you, Nico? And this is that law of nature. Everything's impermanent. Next episode, 
I'll be like, oh, there's an episode where I went, I am love. I am, I am in love. No, I get rid of the end. I just am love. And there's yeah, yeah. bliss and oh, you know, and, and, so and then just, we had Angry Nick. We had the Angry Nick episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got range. I've got range. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've got range. What a portfolio. Uh, I know, right? I can't wait to see what version of me pops up in the next episode, which may be, you know, are we getting close to 100? Uh, We're uh, getting so close. This is like high 90s. This might be 98. This might be 98. Hang on, let's have a look. This is, yeah, this will be 98. Oof, nearly there, mate. What are we going to do yeah, for yeah. episode 100? We'll do something special. Well, uh, uh, no, it's a bit too far away because I'm back soon and you and I have to go and play golf when I visit Melbourne. And I think we have done, done a... That's not for another couple of months. No. Right, okay. Uh, oh, well, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. We'll do something. We'll do some sort of celebration. Celebrate good times. Well, make a montage. Um, I might make a pavlova. <laughs> it's a woke bloke's see, montage. I'd love to see what you come up with as a montage for our hundredth episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, I won't be doing it. I'll get someone else to do it, but I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> All right, go go and see what your swing coach said. Oh, I'm scared. I'm nervous. Freaking out. Lean it. Goodbye, everyone. Lean into- Lean into the discomfort. Okay. See everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.